President Tsai Ing-wen received Paraguay President-elect Santiago Peña at the presidential office on Wednesday. Peña's visit coincides with the 66th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between Taiwan and Paraguay. Speaking at the reception, Peña said his country would stand with Taiwan in the coming five years. He also said he hoped Taiwan would help create 500,000 jobs in Paraguay through foreign investment. He called for Taiwan's help on a program that will improve the living conditions of 200,000 Paraguayans. This is what he said. I would like to reaffirm my pledge and our pledge as Paraguayans to stand with the people of Taiwan in the coming five years. So just as in 1999, when long-term loans helped Paraguayan firms develop, or with the loans that allowed our government to invest in infrastructure, today we continue to believe that access to long-term low-interest rate loans will help 200,000 Paraguayans obtain financial resources that can allow them to secure quality housing. This visit coincides with the 66th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between Taiwan and Paraguay. To be able to celebrate with the future president of Paraguay and Taiwan is especially significant. In the face of authoritarian expansion, Taiwan and Paraguay must work together with democratic partners to contribute to the peace and stability of the world. We have been very willing to share our experiences with Paraguay in the areas of public health and medicine, education and industrial development, and we have jointly drafted plans to promote and better implement the policies proposed by President Peña. Sources say Vice President Lai Qingde will attend Peña's inauguration ceremony on August 15 and make transit stops in the U.S. If it happens, it would be Lai's first foreign visit since being nominated as the DPP's presidential candidate. The defense media outlet Watch Out is working on a second edition of its civil defense handbook. The NGO highlighted the guide on Wednesday saying it will cover what to do in a variety of war scenarios. The book is being written with the help from scholars, lawmakers and domestic and international NGOs. It's scheduled for completion in November and will be available online for free. Last year, tech tycoon Robert Tsao made headlines when he pledged a donation to Kuma Academy, a nonprofit that provides defense training to civilians. Taiwan has a number of private institutions that provide such training. One group, the media outlet Watch Out, has announced the second edition of its civil defense handbook. The new handbook will focus more on war scenarios to raise awareness about the kinds of risks that come with war and how to prepare for them. We even have content about how family and friends can protect one another, how we can defend the country together. The new edition goes in greater depth about what to do if war breaks out. The handbook's editor-in-chief says China's threat against Taiwan is growing by the day. 
Taiwan has always been under the threat of China. The threat of invasion has been incessant and has only worsened in recent years. More than half of the people in our country lack basic knowledge of national and civilian defense. These people have a need and they want certain information. But the projects undertaken by the defense and interior ministries don't quite meet the needs of the average person. The handbook is a collaboration of NGOs and lawmakers specializing in defense and international relations. What Spirit of America, what we really hold here is we think that the people of Taiwan have no better friends than the people of the United States. I see people that regardless of their background, regardless of their politics, are standing up to make Taiwan strong and to make Taiwan safe. When the heads of Taiwan's intelligence agencies hold press conferences and address the country, what I want to hear is not just them telling us what capabilities the CCP currently has. I also want them to tell the general public when they think the CCP will achieve certain capabilities or when the CCP itself thinks it will have those capabilities. Our policies should keep pace with those developments. The director of Forward Alliance urged the government to be more proactive in communicating with the public for the sake of defending Taiwan's freedom and democracy. The preparations continue for the live fire Hanguang War Games, which will be held July 24th to 28th. On Wednesday, troops rehearsed at several locations, including Taoyuan International Airport and the CPC's Taoyuan Refinery. The original plan was to practice aerial maneuvers, but this was replaced with ground exercises to avoid disturbing students taking their college and entrance exams nearby. According to a military expert, Taoyuan International Airport is crucial to Taiwan's defense. Should the enemy blockade Taiwan and occupy the airport, it would be able to quickly deploy heavy equipment and troops for an attack on Taipei. In related news, 68 PLA warplanes approached Taiwan within a 30-hour time span between Tuesday and Wednesday. 55 of them crossed the median line of the Taiwan Strait. Taiwan's defense ministry says it used aircraft, vessels and missile systems to monitor the PLA activity. Already the most populous city in Taiwan, New Taipei saw a net increase of some 90,000 residents between this January and May, according to government figures. Notably, more than 19,000 of those residents had moved in from Taipei. Experts say that a population exodus from Taipei will only intensify in the coming months, as the new T-Pass program lowers the cost of commuting into Taipei. T-Pass, the government's new monthly commuter card, launched on July 1st. Many Taipei office workers have made the switch. I live in Zhongli and I commute to Taipei every day. I feel that I can save about 1,000 NT a month using T-Pass, so it's a good deal. I have some colleagues who live in Taoyuan or Jilong. T-Pass seems pretty convenient, and it's cheaper than the old monthly pass. After switching to T-Pass, a commuter who travels from Zhongli to Taipei could save about 1,000 NT a month. That's no small incentive. Analysts predict that T-Pass, which connects Taipei, New Taipei, Taoyuan and Jilong, could drive even more residents out of Taipei. According to government data, more than 90,000 people moved into New Taipei between January and May of this year. Some 19,000 of those people were from Taipei. Taipei房租真的太貴了。Rental prices in Taipei are truly too expensive. 
Nowadays, if you have less than 10,000 NT, the only places you can rent are the ones that look like haunted houses. My brother works in Xinjiang, and he also wants to move to New Taipei or in the direction of Taoyuan, where rents are quite a bit cheaper. Housing is more expensive in Taipei, and so that drives residents and buyers toward New Taipei and Taoyuan, where they get lower housing prices in return for a longer commute. But now that T Pass is in the picture, we could see New Taipei benefit from it. After all, New Taipei and Taipei are relatively interlinked in terms of their mass transit systems. According to the real estate agent, Housing prices in many parts of New Taipei are just half of those in the capital. In addition, the two cities are connected by robust metro and bus networks. That's making New Taipei a popular place to live for Taipei's office workers. As for Taoyuan, commuters tend to favor homes along the airport MRT. In comparison, Jilong is less favored by Taipei workers due to its relatively sparse mass transit. Today, we take you to meet students from Tainan who won two design awards for their eco-friendly furniture. Their desk and chair set won first place at the Young Pin Design Award and took bronze at the A Design Award and competition. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to the team to learn more about their award-winning design. This is not your ordinary desk. This ergonomic desk and chair set is made with the goal of minimizing waste. It uses recyclable aluminum parts and it's easy to replace any components that are damaged. The drawer of the desk is made using the product packaging itself. This is award-winning work of students from Tainan University of Technology's Department of Product Design. Um, we redesigned the decks and chair sets with the modularizing hearts and to meet the needs of the functional um, learning and the aesthetic educations for the school kids. Yeah. It's a breakthrough by using the interchangeable parts and prolonging the use of the time and making the children feel um, comfortable as well as lowering the cost and giving the school kids and I was in charge of the model's design. From the beginning, there were problems with the shape of the model, so I kept improving it. After making improvements, I simplified the design and aligned it with environmental protection regulations. Originally, the structure was slanted, but I straightened it later so that it could be disassembled and reassembled. The most important thing we focused on was environmental protection and the concept of recycling. Our packaging also meets the concept of social design. Consumers can directly open the packaging and assemble it into a drawer. The drawer can be used by children or by adults. The team spent around a year designing the work. Their design won gold at the Yangpin Design Award and bronze at the A Design Award and Competition, one of the world's most prestigious design awards. They hope the work can serve children of all ages, catering especially to students from rural areas. We're so honored and excited about receiving the A Design Awards and it's a great teamwork experience. And we're looking forward to meeting other um, awards winners in Italy where we'll keep working hard and design more products to make the world better. 
Its function is actually to serve children in rural areas. After you take out the contents inside the packaging, you can reassemble it into a storage box. We wanted to do this because we think consumers usually throw away packaging materials. That's waste, so we came up with this design concept. The team has just graduated from university. They'll be heading to Italy to receive their award on July 19th. They hope to continue creating innovative and useful designs to help more people around the world. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Han Junhao in Taipei. Big box retailer Costco Taiwan has launched a recall of Formaggio brand marinated mozzarella after the product was found to contain ethylene oxide, which is banned in Taiwan. The organic compound is known to be a human carcinogen. Costco will be fined 60,000 to 200 million NT for violating the act governing food safety and sanitation. Let's hear from the FDA. Costco is continuing its recall with a bulk of the products returned on Saturday and Sunday. This product has a shorter shelf life, just two months from production to expiry. So by the time it reaches Taiwan, it's quite near the expiry date. The US and Canada allow the use of ethylene oxide, and it can be found in many spices and herbs. In Taiwan, the EU and Japan, its use is not allowed. The substance was found in low quantities at low concentrations, so there is no need to panic. As of July 11th, Costco has recalled about 138 kilograms of the problematic cheese. The FDA says the cheese may have gotten contaminated with the ethylene oxide during manufacturing or sterilizing and packaging. The substance is used as a pesticide in some countries, so trace amounts may have been present on the spices used in the product. The FDA says it will increase border inspections on future shipments of the cheese. Today we visit a breakfast diner in Xinzhu whose owner has a big heart. Yang Feiwen prepares more than a hundred free breakfasts a month. She's motivated by her gratitude for the support of a local seniors care center. They help her care for her mother-in-law who has dementia. As Yang's charity project grows, the diner becomes an increasingly heartwarming place. An egg is cracked, a turnip cake simmers furiously, and 100 other breakfasts need serving pronto at rush hour. But this breakfast diner also finds time to prepare charity breakfasts for those in need. <laughs> Owner Yang Feiwen donates 100 charity breakfasts to disadvantaged groups each month through various social welfare organizations, as well as offering free breakfast to children whose family situations are tough. Eggs really cost a lot, but older people love egg dishes, and they're soft, and they're high in nutritional value. Sometimes, while I'm chatting with the kids, I find out their family situation isn't so good, and then I give them a free breakfast. Young prepares a series of meals to send to the older adults' care center. In the past, she took care of her own family while running the diner. It was a hectic life, especially when her mother-in-law got dementia. Luckily, a local care center provides classes for dementia patients, 
which helps slow down the progression of the disease and give the carers in the family a moment's rest. Sometimes my mother-in-law says she hasn't had anything to eat, or she says she wants to move back to the south. It is very tiring caring for her. She'll walk out of the house if you turn your back for a moment, and will be so scared she would get lost. The classes let us have a rest until the class is over and we picked her up. At least we can have a break for that moment of time. Over the last few years, alongside her patient care for her mother-in-law, Sister Fei Wen, in her running of the breakfast diner, has regularly sponsored us and given back to society. Carers often find it exhausting to care for family members long term, and the support of places like this care center is priceless. Having benefited from their support herself, Yang now finds herself giving more and more to others. The walls of the diner are covered in photos and receipts from grateful customers who appreciate her kindness, a pleasant reminder of a virtuous cycle. And now we visit a Hualien hospital to see how therapists help children learn to play. Many children who have learning difficulties at a young age can be supported to develop their skills through play-based therapy. Today, we meet one child who's benefiting from the occupational therapy at Hualien's Mennonite Christian Hospital. Experts use all kinds of techniques, including games designed to develop motor skills muscle power, and cognitive capacities. <laughs> a child pushes open the door and bounces into the room excitedly. He can't wait to get into the play therapy room and have fun with the occupational therapists. This is Tian Qing, one of the children receiving therapy at Hualien's Mennonite Christian Hospital. Normally, at the age of one year or three months, he should have been able to stand up and walk a few steps. But I noticed that Tianqing didn't seem to be able to do that. So I came to the early therapy social workers at the Mennonite Christian Hospital. Therapists discovered that Tianqing's movement skills were developing slower than other children his age. An early intervention test showed that at the age of one, his cognitive learning capacities were around the average level of an 11-month-old. A therapist shows Tianqing each piece of fruit patiently. She asks, not tells him to put each one in a pan. Putting things together requires the child to exert their hand muscles and develop muscle control. It trains the child in spatial concepts and performing constructive games. We look at the child's ability to take care of themselves, to eat their own food, go to the toilet by themselves, put on and take off their own clothes, and play games in a good way, whether they're exhibiting play capacities that are appropriate for their age. When therapists find a child is falling behind their age group in cognitive or learning capacities, they often use games to guide and train them to develop motor skills. Many children experience huge improvements, especially when their needs are detected at an early stage. Children like Tianqing can learn to spread their wings in their own time with the care and expertise of occupational therapists like these. Taiwanese tennis player Xie Shuwei has powered into the women's double semifinals at Wimbledon. She now has a chance to bring home her fourth Wimbledon title. Xie is partnered with Barbara Stretsova of the Czech Republic 
and the pair has notched an impressive win streak of 16 matches. Meanwhile, in mixed doubles, Taiwan's Latisa Chen crashed out of the tournament in the quarters on Tuesday after a grueling two-set loss with her Croatian partner. Shia Su Wei and her Czech partner Barbora Stritseva were mighty as ever on the grass court. In straight sets 7-6-6-4, the duo defeated their French-Brazilian rivals to make the Wimbledon double semifinals, extending their streak to 16 wins. Xie already has three Wimbledon doubles titles under her belt. She and Stritseva are raring to go, targeting their first title together since 2019. Over in mixed doubles, Taiwan's Leticia Chan and her Croatian partner Ivan Dodig played their quarterfinal match against a Chinese-Belgian duo. They were defeated 6-7, 2-6, missing out on the semis. Meanwhile, in women's singles, Ukraine's Alina Svitolina is proving to be the dark horse of the competition. In a match point battle, world number one Iga Sviantek sent the ball crashing into the net, handing the victory to wildcard's Vitalina. The nail-biter of a match lasted two hours and 51 minutes across two sets, one of which extended to seven games. Svitolina is now in the women's single semifinals for the first time since 2019. Her opponent emerged after another thrilling quarterfinal match on Tuesday. It's world number 42, Czech player Marketa Vondrosheva, who staged an upset against world number 3 Jessica Pagula of the U.S. The upcoming semis will be a blockbuster showdown between two dark horses. We now go to Kaohsiung, where social media is coming to life on the banks of Love River. The city government has turned popular, locally created line stickers into giant inflatable characters. There's Shahimi Shark eating ice cream alongside his friend Washami Shark, who's munching on a watermelon. Bugcat Kapu, the cat who looks like a bug, will soon make its debut. Officials will also unveil Miken, the feline station master of the Kaohsiung Metro. Kaohsiung's Cultural Bureau says that before the weekend, three sets of giant inflatable characters will go up along Love River to spend the summer with their fans.